up and Jonathan Joseph comes straight through the middle. Got Mike Brown to beat as the last line of defence and here goes Joseph. Joseph's going to get over. Watson goes on the outside. Oh, Watson goes Hello and welcome to the Bath Rugby Plug, the rugby podcast by the fans, for the fans, plugging the boys in blue, black and white. My name is Gabriel and I'm joined as ever by my good friend and fellow Bath fan, Tom. Hi, Jay. And uh, unfortunately, Tom, you're not the most special guest on this podcast because we are delighted to be joined by someone that Nick Mullins described as the ender of worlds and the destroyer of walls, the man with the biggest smile in rugby, the flying Fijian, Josh Matavesi. Josh, it's great to have you on. Cheers for having me, guys. Uh, yeah, I'm excited to be on it. You sound like you got a, oh, I was going to say, Josh, you sound like you got a bit of a, bit of a sore throat there. Yes, a couple uh, a couple of songs on the bus back from Sale. It's a long it's a long way back from uh, Sale all the way down the M6, but <laughs> but I bet, bet you were absolutely I bet you were absolutely buzzing along with all the boys to get the uh, that bonus point win against Sale away. Yeah, like I don't know if you realise how hard it is to go away there and pick up you know pick up a win, but let alone you know five points. Um, but I just think we're trying to make a real effort a conscious effort to just celebrate it and enjoy the moments because you, you do forget them as you're a player because your focus just goes right next week what's the next job so um you know making a real conscious effort to celebrate and just enjoy time with the boys mm. and enjoy what we're doing yeah because I think that's why a lot of people probably including yourself Josh fell in love with the game kind of enjoying it with your mates is why why you play rugby at the end of the day please go I was just going to say, out of interest, why is it why is it also difficult going away for sale? Is it just because the distance to get up there, or um, is it just for some reason more difficult playing uh, them at them at home? <laughs> they, they just <clears throat> yeah, they just they've made it such a real tough place to go and play. Like you know, you're going to be in for a real physical um, encounter, so like your your head's got to be switched on. Um, but they really play a brand of rugby that. Suits that suits the destination of where they are, if you know what I mean. It like, is a tough brand of rugby that they play up in Manchester. Um, but you know, we we went there with the intentions of bullying them, and I think we got it right. You know, mm. we didn't go there to match their pack. We went there to, you know, assert dominance. Particularly difficult and physical for you, Josh, playing against probably two of the biggest centres <laughs> in the league in Van Rensburg and Tuolangi. Kind of, how did you find that particular contest? Yeah, I relished it. Um, I really look forward to playing against them because um, I just wanted to kind of show that it's not just against like Worcester and I can do my thing. You know, I really wanted to prove myself against Van Rensburg and Manu, um, who are, you know, are built like me. So it's quite nice to play against people as well with that kind of physical dominance because you get to test yourself. So, yeah. you know, all the, yeah, there wasn't the line breaks and there wasn't the, the big dummies, but it's like... How, how how well can you keep them quiet and hmm. and set your game on them? Yeah, I think Manny Jolangi was pretty anonymous throughout that game, as was Van Rensburg, apart from his early tries. So I think that was credit to the way both you and, and JJ, who we know is great in defence, kind of marshaled them. Yeah. Yeah, JJ is such an underrated defender. Um, and even Reese as well, Reese's tackles that he puts in, you know, it helps me out because I haven't got to worry about a 10 that doesn't tackle. Um, I, you know, I, can, I get left to do my own thing. Um, because you know Reese is a good tackler, so it, it definitely helps all out. 
Yeah, I was going to say like the, the the pack's definitely an area that's been so impressive since the restart. Like we've been we've been dominating the set piece. Um, the rolling mall's been, um, I think, you know, um, is feared now across English rugby. But I think in the last couple of games, we've we've been starting to string together some some really nice interplay in the backs as well. Um, I, I was totting it up, and I think we've we've scored 118 points in the last kind of week and a half, which is three games. So um, just interested to get your thoughts. So. Why, why do you think that we've we've suddenly started to, to click a little bit? Um, is, it, is it just time together um, in, in in those in those back divisions, or is it something on the coaching field that we've that we've tweaked? Um, it's probably um, before I arrived there. Um, it, was, it was quite it was quite a limited um, sort of game plan, I think, and just with Gerv and Hats and the boys using our strengths, we didn't really want to be a one-dimensional team. Um, and with me coming in and Cam, I, I like running at people, but also I like to ball play and communicate and, you know, move people around. So I can use my, my strongest assets, which is my, which is my communication and put, start putting you know, pieces of the puzzle together. And I feel like me and Cam have got a real good mix in what we do and what we can get out of the team. So, um, yeah, just having, I think, having a bit of diversity at 12, you know, an extra set of eyes for Reese and Ben, and then the assurance that, you know, they trust you with the calls. Um, it just takes a hell of a lot of pressure off your number 10 if you've got a 12 and a 13 that talks. So yeah. it's just kind of that, that's all starting to gel now, I think. Yeah, and I, and I think actually Big Mac's try, that first try he scored, was our first try away at Stale in something like 200 minutes. Um, and obviously we ended up getting the four tries. Um, so it just shows kind of how that game plan has is, is really started to develop. I think one guy um, who looks to be key from, from a fan's point of view, as well as yourself, Josh, is Ben Spencer. Kind of, can you speak on the impact he's had? Um, I know he spoke about how he wanted to become more of a leader after he left there. Is that something you've noticed? Yeah, definitely. He takes a lot of the meetings, um, speaks a lot. He speaks very well. Um, he's not one of those people when, when you talk, you switch off. You kind of listen to every word that he says. Um, not me, then. And, yeah, and he's, he's a really nice guy. Like, he's just an easy guy to get on with. And you actually sit back and look at what he's achieved with Saracens and, and with England. You you actually do like respect like where he's coming from because he's played in one of the most successful teams in the world. So, you know, we've got to sit, we've got to kind of go there and be like, this guy's been a year in, year out for 10 years in finals, in playoff games. So, he, he you know, he definitely, he definitely knows what, where, you know, where we are going and, you know, how to do it. He seems like a really modest guy as well. Um, like in kind of the interviews after after the sale game, um, you know, obviously, you know, he had a really good game, scored a brace of tries, but he he wouldn't take any of the credit. He's kind of pinning it um, on the, the you know the guys in front of him, giving him a good platform um, and that kind of thing. And you know, we've we've got a fair few guys that have, as you say, played at the top level international um, lions, like from a whole diversity of different yeah. backgrounds. But it seems as if everyone just. Um, kind of clubs in together everyone gives their view and um, there seems to be like a good kind of kind of flat structure good good team environment at the moment at the club yeah there's a real good environment um, it, it's really nice to come in and be yourself mm-hmm. and I think that's really important you, 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 can, you can come into an environment where you can be yourself and do what do what you you think you're there for your strengths you know you don't have to be a certain way you can be your own person and it kind of fits into the into that team structure so kind of um, Spenny comes in and brings that sort of like Saracen's flavour to the group. You know, he's, 
is consistent with his box kicks all the time. His passing, the, the you know the breakdowns always there. So like you kind of he's taking the best bits from what he's done at Saracens and kind of like sprinkled it on Bath. And then obviously you've got like Cam Redpath as well, you know, comes in. Just a great young kid with a good head on his shoulders. Um, so yeah, we're just enjoying coming to work. And I think that's an important thing. There's not even work, is it really? Let's be honest. <laughs> um, looking back then, Josh, kind of at the rugby since um, the lockdown ended and rugby resumed, you found yourself on a couple of occasions playing at fly half. How have you found um, this, this kind of uh, uh, this experience? Uh, I'll be honest with you, I don't like playing turn. I really hate it. Um, yeah, I just feel like I just feel really like limited in my game when I play at ten. Um, and I'm, I'm it, for me like playing ten for Fiji is so different than playing ten for Bath. Um, so you know the whole structural game in in the, in the Premiership is such a massive thing. Whereas with Fiji, it's pretty much and then letting the dog off the leash. So. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so you, you, you wouldn't be able to tell that you've not been enjoying it kind of the dummy and smile uh, on Thomas Lavanini was probably the highlight of rugby since lockdown how often uh, does that that dummy work in training <laughs> uh, I've kept uh, there's all like that's what Reese Priestland says to me is he's going to dummy he's going to dummy so it, it's funny because yeah um, just, I'm just enjoying it Mate, you've got to add you've got to add Thomas Lavanini to your Christmas card list. He he couldn't he couldn't have bought that hook line and sinker, um, and and you're straight through. Yeah, there's, there's been some just really um, I think enjoyable moments, particularly, and obviously you've been incredibly effective. But uh, Stuart Hooper could kind of barely contain himself in a in the post match interview. I think that was Worcester after a couple of your kind of almost grubber kicks into the, right into the corner five five oh. meter line up for us. Um, not not conventional, but you know, if it, if it works, yeah. it works. There's more ways to skin a cat. Than, uh, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just think for me, like it's such a more important thing to like first of all, like to to say yeah, I want to I'll play ten if needed, um, because there's a bigger cause. Like we're trying to win the Premiership, so I can't be selfish and just be like, oh, I'm a twelve. Sorry, like yeah. there's a way course in the group and. And I'm sure other boys as well would put their hand up straight away if another position became like not vacant. But and if if the boys needed help somewhere, and that's what it's about, is about you know rolling your sleeves up. And I'm not I'm not the most conventional turn. I'm not I'm not don't pretend to be a Johnny will concern because I can't kick for shit. But for me, it's just going in and putting my style on on the game and doing it my way. And if it asks people up the wrong way, I'm sorry, but I'm doing it the kind of the way that I kind of like I think it should be done. And, yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah, it's just the way I'm gonna play rugby. Um, especially after COVID, um, kind of made a little promise to myself that I'm gonna do it the way I want to, and I'm not. I don't want to look back in five years' time and think, oh, I wish I, you know, smiled more. I wish I could just be myself. I'm just gonna do it and roll, roll with it, and go with the flow. Yeah, it's fantastic to see a player playing with their smile on their face, Josh. And I think that, that attitude, it must have kind of a real positive impact on, on some of the younger guys. So I'm thinking of guys like Cam, who've mentioned a couple of times, and yeah. Orlando Bailey, who or I know you've spoken yeah. about trying to take under your wing a little bit. That attitude must just kind of really take a lot of pressure on them and allow them to be themselves in the group. Yeah, I mean, Cam says to me a lot, he's like... Um... I'm feeling really good at the minute. I don't. I'm feeling. I'm feel like I can like have a laugh. Not not a loose stylist. Not, not in a loose sense. But like he can. He's getting to a game and 
you can just like let kind of be like, oh, right, I've done the work in the week to allow myself to do the game plan. But um, now I'm always joking with him, even on the pitch. Um, I'll, get, I'll get him a couple of times, you know, with that one when people look at, you know. <laughs> but I can see that he's really nervous. And I just look at him, I go, Cam, my knee's something on my knee and oh. I do that. And he starts, and then he just, you can see him relax. Um, but yeah, um, for, for me, I'm, 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 definitely my role's changed um, as I've got older. And like you said, with Orlando coming through, um, with Cam, with D, uh, Tom de Glanville, um, George Warboys, you know, these guys just need a little bit of guidance. And I, I was lucky enough when I was growing up, I had a real good influence on me. So I kind of wanted to repay that. And, who, who, who yeah. are those, who are those kind of main influence up influence? For you, I, was lucky enough, your I was really lucky. Um, I had, uh, Francois Stein when I was at Racing. Wow. Uh, him and Juan Martin Hernandez. So mm. that's, that's, that's where you get the kicking from then, Josh. Definitely not. <laughs> it's more it's more off the field than anything. I think it just yeah. they really showed me although at the top of their game at the time that when they're arrested, that they they could have a laugh and not you know, I keep saying that was in not is not take the piss, but just be like mm. you can just be yourself and it's not the end of the world if, if things go wrong. I think one of the things that, that I've noticed, and I, I don't think this has always been the case um, at, at Bath, I think in seasons gone by, um, when, when stuff starts to you know, hit the fan a bit, there's been a bit of a, bit of a blame culture. Um, oh, and, you know, I, I, and I think that one of the really nice things is, we've obviously we've got these younger guys coming through. So um, you, know, you mentioned Tom de Glanville, Cam Redpath, Orlando yeah. Bailey. And, you know, they, they make mistakes because they're going to make mistakes because they, they yeah. haven't played that level much before. And yeah. I, every time every time there's a, a ball goes to ground or a missed tackle, it's always yourself or even Ben Spencer just goes up to them, puts an arm around them. And then sure enough, you know, Tom de Glanville throws a, a pass to the ground against um, against Sale. The next one's straight to hand and McConaughey's yeah. under the stick. So it's, it's just great to see. And I think from... From our perspective as well, you know, watching a bit of Bath United and watching them, these guys a bit in the academy, but yeah. we haven't we haven't really seen much of these guys. So, I guess I, I guess I'd be really interested to hear maybe just like a sentence of, or two on on each of each of those guys. So, say De Glanville, Redpath, Bailey, sort of what what you think the kind of players they are, the, the kind of strengths they have, things to look out for. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. So we'll start with, we'll start with Tom De Glanville. He reminds me of like Matt Perry. You know that fearlessness. Mm. He's so fearless, and for such a slight young bloke, he go up in the air. If he gets banged by launch, he gets back up again, runs straight back at him. It's like mm. he's just got he's got no fear. But then you take him away from the pitch, and he's the most relaxed, laid back guy who just yeah yeah. I, I actually love spending time with him, and wherever he is, Cam's two steps behind him, so you can't get one without the other. It's, it's, it's fine it's, you know those two are great kids um, Cam as well starting to play a lot of rugby now for a 20 year old and he's got a hell of a head on his shoulders as I said before he's very sensible but you, you do forget that he's 20 and you do like I told him in the Quinns game he came in at half time he's like oh, I made a lot of mistakes I said Jesus mate it's a game of rugby what do you expect like, there's two ways you can go there if you make a lot of mistakes you put your head to the floor and you look at the ground and wish, mm. wish you weren't there or you put your head up and you just go, right, let's crack on next job. So, like you said, it's all about you know, a little bum slap here, a little tap on the head or a little cuddle to be a mate. Next job, you're fine. There's a, it's a drop ball. Christ, no one's died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It seems to us as well, it seems to us from the outside that 
that the kind of the future's quite bright with these with these young guys coming forward. I think it's it's not just the guys you mentioned in in the backs, but Miles Reed, Jack Walker, Will Stewart, um, uh, Josh Bayless, etc. The list goes on in the forwards. So do you, do you think with with kind of your experience and and obviously you've seen a few different clubs um, in a few different environments, do you think kind of the, the future's the future's bright for this this playing group? So bright. I'm, I'm I kind of want to be 22 again, just so I can kind of <laughs> carry on. You know, like carry on the journey with the guys. You know, and I don't think they realise what they've got on their feet. You know, like they got something special. Like we're building something special as well. But you know, they're the guys to kind of carry the torch for the next ten years of that club. Um, but we're going to do it with a smile on our face. We're going to enjoy it, and we're going to make mistakes. And that's sport. That's life. But you know, dash yourself off, smile on your face, and have another crack in it. That's that's the whole point of it. Yeah. Um, kind of last last few questions, Josh. Um, yeah, man. Uh, kind of you've gone from almost non-stop rugby uh, since lockdown to kind of having 10 days off now I think before Gloucester <laughs> um, what what does the week hold for you boys you've got a few days off and then back into training yeah. I feel so weird having time off I might actually go and play a bit of rugby in the park with somebody <laughs> 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 it feels really weird having time now a couple of days off now I'll be back in on Thursday um, so it's actually quite a nice time it's, I get to spend a bit of time with the wife and the kids who I haven't really seen because they live down in Cornwall so for me it's, it's spending a bit of time now being a dad um, so I'm enjoying it um, and then we play is it Gloucester Tuesday is it? yeah yeah yeah. yeah. So yeah and then we got it's, it's nice now the games are a bit more spread out so the body's a lot less um, sore and stiff because you know top you know hats off to the the S&C guys and the physios because going from a Sunday game or a Saturday game to a Wednesday game like we're absolutely written off literally captain's run and then we've just got to play <laughs> but, yeah, yeah that's all that team but, comes in that's a big, big opportunity ahead though you know it, it might not it might not be just these last two games if we can ah, it's not, um, not going to be the, it's not going to be two games we're going to like, we're going to be believing it You've got four. You've got four left, Josh. Exactly. <laughs> um, um, anything well, else? I guess, I, did, did, I was just going to say, you mentioned that your your wife and kids had moved down to Cornwall. So I was just going to ask, because on, on a kind of more personal note, it must have been quite a strange time to move. Um, yeah. Presumably you, presumably you moved down from where you were up in Newcastle previously. Yeah. And that was that was directly before lockdown, wasn't it? Um, yeah, so, so how's 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 the kind of transition been kind of settling into a new part of the world um for, for yourself and yeah. your family well it's, it's weird because obviously kids i'm from here my, my wife's from here so for my kids um they've only ever been down to the grandparents in a few times on holidays but now they actually get to live where we're from and they get to enjoy the reason why we want to settle back down like the kids down here is because they like we loved our childhood in cornwall like the beach um, you know what that life kind of brings to us um, you know I'm a beach I'm a beach bum I'm always in the surf so kind of want our kids to be brought up on that and um, you know bashing a couple of hours away and I stay up I stay up in the week anyway so it's not a massive deal but it's just my kids are happy here that they're, they're surrounded our support networks are really important to us and you know family to me is the most important thing so um, I just want my kids to be happy and you know to have a life that kind of we had as kids. So for me, I'm 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 on top of the world at the minute. And, and not yeah. not not too much not too much surf and nice beaches up in Newcastle either. 
Oh, it sounds right. It's just bloody cold, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, Josh, we'll let you go and, and play some rugby in the park with your mates. Um, thank you so <laughs> much for, for, for joining us. Um, keep doing it with your smile on your face because, yeah, you're certainly putting a smile on, on every Bath fan's face. Cheers, guys. Make sure you just keep smiling as well, all right? Cheers, Josh. Yeah. Thank you, mate. Cheers, man. Speak to you a bit. Cheers. Wow, Tom. What an interview that was with, with Josh Matavesi. What was your what's your what's your initial reaction to that? It's just a incredibly down to earth um, kind of normal guy that you could go you know um, go for a kick around in the park with, go for a go for a pint with. Um, uh, yeah, really really enjoyed that, and and you, I think you can see the positive effects that, um, that 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 kind of attitude would have on on young players on a squad in general. Um, he seems to be always, always smiling, always happy, always positive. Um, yeah, absolutely, absolutely top bloke. Gene. I think uh, you, you seem fairly quiet there on the old um, uh, uh, on, on the old fly half uh, comments you're making because I think you know he's he's, he, he, he's had to be adaptable and um, he's certainly done that and he's been really effective. Um, and I think in just all in all, he seems like a hugely positive um, addition to the squad, both both on, but I think particularly off the field. Yeah, I did think I was in for a, um, a little bit of a roasting um, after my comments on last week's blog, so I don't think we're too harsh. Um, and I think he probably agreed with them, which I was I was quite surprised by. Extremely honest assessment of his own fly half kind of play and kind of how he doesn't necessarily want to play there, but recognises that during this time and with the squad we've got, it's a, kind of a, a bigger cause, I think he described it as, which is... Uh, yeah, yeah as he says, like he, yeah, he knows he's not the most conventional fly off. He, he yeah, he, he wasn't he wasn't being up his kicking, shall we say, um, at all. So I think, but I think he, he's willing to take that criticism and, and willing to have people say that he's not a ten, he shouldn't be playing ten, and, and all that kind of stuff because he knows that um, he is the best option after after Priestland in that shirt, and he's he's going to take the hit um, if, if for the betterment of the team. So yeah, um, uh, yeah. Yeah, really. Bit of speeches, actually. Top, top bloke. And um, uh, yeah, I think if he wasn't already a, a kind of firm favourite um, in the squad after after what he'd done on the field, then um, hopefully for everyone listening, um, uh, kind of realise what a top bloke he is. Yeah, so just go on record, huge thanks to, to Josh Matavesi for, for coming on the podcast. Um, we and all of the listeners, I'm sure, really appreciated that, Tom. Um, you say you're a bit speechless, uh, not great for a, a fellow podcast host because we've got an incredible Bath rugby win to talk about, Tom. Um, a huge win for the club, as we kind of talked a little bit about with Josh there in that interview. Going away to Sale Sharks, uh, a notoriously difficult place to go, a place where Bath had a terrible record in, in the past five seasons. Um, and to get a win, this is the biggest win, Tom, for the club since when, do you think? I don't, I don't know. I was, I was trying to wrap my brains. I think it, it's, it's, it's got to be right up there um, in, in the last few seasons. As you say, not, not winning away um, at Sale, at the OJ Bell for six years, not having scored in, in 200 and something minutes um, since May 2017, um, as you say, with other results not having gone our way with, with Bristol putting out the mixed veg and, and, um, and Wasps getting all five points um, and Bristol getting a, a four-try bonus point as well. The pressure was really, really on. When you, you know, when you, when you combine that with the, the the team selection that that Sale made, with ten out of their fifteen starters uh, internationally capped, um, absolutely huge game um, for us. And you know, 
to, to, to turn around from, I think, initially, you know, going down a try, Van Rensburg scoring early doors, to turn that around, to come back, and then particularly to show the bravery and the ambition to, to score um, that, that bonus point try, I think, is an, they should be incredibly proud of themselves. Um, G, I think you mentioned on the last podcast, you think that you thought this would be the real acid test. Mm. Um, you know, where is this Bath rugby side? Has it been poor opposition? Um, or, or have we been, um, ha- have we really turned over a, a new leaf? And I think um, on that performance, you've got to say it's the latter. Yeah, for sure. I think from my point of view, it's the biggest win since the 2015 semi-final against Leicester. And I don't think it's particularly close. I think the Mm. general consensus on Twitter and and certainly my opinion is that it's a game we wouldn't have won last year. We probably wouldn't have won it under at any point under um, the Todd Blackadder regime. I think this team, that team didn't necessarily have this sort of victory in them. And I think a few things have changed, Tom, and I think a few reasons why we were able to to do this um, uh, kind of now as opposed to why we weren't able to do it, you know, a few seasons ago. And I think, you know, the team is, a much, I think it's just much better led. I think Charlie Yules is seriously growing into a, a top quality club captain. He was, a, you know, a huge presence there uh, in, a, in a game with, with plenty of big presences in both packs. Charlie Yules stood out fantastically. His leadership, um, the leadership of the coaches, Hooper, Hatley, Dempsey, I think is really starting to, to shine through. On top of that, the leadership which Ben Spencer has brought, Josh kind of touched on it there and you can see it on the pitch. It's so blatant, the leadership he's bringing. And I just don't think, you know, we probably, we may win that game without Spencer, but we're very, very hard pressed to. He was massively good on the day. Um, And I think they're also just, there's some better players on that pitch for Bath this year than there have been previously. I think, you know, we've got our internationals back, which we've not had, you know, due to kind of scheduling reasons previously. Joseph, Falatel, Undale, all huge on the Injuries day. as well. Uh, in very few injuries. And also kind of some of the new signings. So Spencer, I mentioned, Redpath, who, who, who will definitely come on to. McConaughey growing into a, an even better winger. Stewart, Will Stewart, uh, kind of another one. So I think for a number of reasons, that's a, 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 shy, a sign that this Bath team is considerably better than it's been over the five years. And yeah, an acid test kind of passed. I don't think you pass an acid test, but uh, it passed with flying colours. And yeah, you know, I've I've been saying these things for a few weeks now. I think more out of kind of hope um, yeah. than you know having anything to to, to base that on. Uh, I remember, someone got in touch with us last week and said we've only played one team in form, um, and they beat us relatively comfortably in in, in Wasps. So um, I think that's now well and truly put to get put to bed. Um, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, I think yeah, it's all those things you mentioned as well, uh, and it's also just I think a few more fundamental things that. Um, we're we're now turning around. So um, I guess we can move on into move on into the game potentially. G. But I think the first thing, as I, as I kind of alluded to, so um, you know, uh, a good try from Sale early doors. McGinty showed a number of really good touches. I thought through the through the through the game, he was kind of involved in everything. Well, everything good they did with those half breaks and those offloads. Got it across to Van Rensburg, who kind of powered over. And, and I think you've just got to say, you know, fair play, um, good good try. But 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 I think the way we then responded we, we very easily I think could have capitulated could have you know gone into our shells could have um, tried to play defensive rugby um, you know being a bit more passive in defense being a bit more nervy given that the, the threats that they they had particularly in the centers but we weren't you know we really stepped up 
physically, as, as Josh was saying, I think we looked to, to start to bully them. Uh, Beno Urbano and, and Sam Underhill in particular, in that first half an hour, were just flying about, you know, really winning those collisions, um, really get, you know, getting those sail boys who are you know, a big old packing themselves behind the gain line and putting pressure on them, drawing, um, drawing penalties, drawing turnovers, so that even when it wasn't quite clicking for us, you know, they weren't able to, to add to the scoreboard and, and, and you know, we, we kept in touch. Yeah I, uh, yeah. Think, yeah, I think that is right, Tom. I think, you know, we weren't helped, certainly. It was a quite a slow start. We weren't helped by the wind. I think it was quite a strong wind on the day and we couldn't really get out of our, our 22. Uh, we were, you know, we, we, we lost the first scrum, we lost the first line out. But we tightened all that up, as you say, in Underhill and... Um, uh, Abano in particular were, were, were simply outstanding and and we kind of managed to gain a foothold in the game our discipline really helped with that because I think if we had um, got on the wrong side of the referee with that wind it could have been a really kind of different start and we could have been down two or three tries early and then it's you know almost impossible to claw that back so I think those factors meant that we did kind of somehow gain a foothold in the match um, and and that was exemplified by our first try um, with Big Mac crashing over from, from 20 metres on, on, on about the 20-minute mark. Tom, I asked you last week um, if there was a better winger in the country. This week, I'm going to tell you, there isn't a better winger in the country than Rory McConaughey. Yeah, and, and yeah, you think of who he's just shrugging off there, Manny mm-hmm. Tuolangi, um, a top-quality centre, um, you know, a star of the, the World Cup, which you know we were arguably the... Um, you know the, the form team throughout that. He was one of the form players in, in that tournament and has been playing at a top top level for for years and years. So, you know, for, for McConaughey McConaughey to do that, um, it, yeah, it, it's just incredible. You, you, you simply cannot go high on Roy McConaughey because you'll get shrugged off. Um, you simply can't drop the ball when he's around because because um, you know. It, because he'll latch onto it and, and be under the post. You simply can't um, give him a sniff over the ball because he'll, he'll latch onto it and get that turnover. And, you know, as we found out before half-time, you simply can't make a clean break and be um, four or five <laughs> metres clear um, if it's Roy McConaughey behind you because that was one of them. I don't think that moment's quite getting the, the credit it deserves. You know, the, the, the tries are um, being reeled out and, um, and, and that kind of thing. But that moment was absolutely mammoth because McGinty, again goes through, looks like for all of the money he's under the post right before half time there. Um, you know, to even the um you know, to even well, it would have gone from seven seventeen with a converted try to fourteen seventeen um at half time. So a very different game coming to the second half, a bit of momentum and um, bit of confidence for for sale as well um going into the break. So to McConaughey to sort of latch round McGinty um and to stop him just dead in his tracks when he was at full pace just shows incredible strength. But um, also, just is there anything that man can't do? There, there isn't, and and you still didn't answer. Well, I guess you didn't back up my point. There isn't a better winger in the country, is there, Tom? I don't think so. No, I, nah. yeah. Unless 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 Josh Matavesi, um gets it, <laughs> you know, can get himself in the eleven or fourteen shirt. Um, yeah, I don't think there's anyone who would who would be playing better right now. And there isn't a better scrum half in the country than Ben Spencer. And his uh, incredible game kind of begun in that first half. And I think he, he kind of took, took the reins on one, on one cross kick and uh, on one uh, kick to corner, um, which he boomed downfield, recognising they hadn't got back. He, he absolutely went for it. The, the line out 
ended up inside their 22. Uh, and that led to the John O'Rosh trip and then uh, Bath penalty and Priestland penalty to make it uh, 10-7. And then he was the man that scored our second try, Tom. Uh, a fantastic pass from the base, that quick ball which he's bringing to Joseph. Uh, Joseph with a nice little uh, kick through. And I think a pass may have kind of done the trick. Uh, and Spencer kind of hassling and on hand to, to score the try to make it uh, seven points to 17. I mean, he was so good in that game and in that first half kind of as well. And, and this is the other thing I, I want to draw out. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you on, on on Spencer, by the way. I think I think he had an absolutely sublime game. I think it's one of the um, best performances, actually, from a, from a Bath player, you know, all things considered. And when um, it was such an important game, given the, given the league standings, I think it's one of the best performances um, in a number of seasons in, in a Bath shirt that, that I've seen. Um, but I think on a, on a more general point, you know, that Ross yellow card was a big moment. Um, they lost their captain. They um, they went down to 14 men. We know that he's a key player for them. And we made them pay. How many times have we mm. lamented in the past that a yellow card um, has, has uh, you know, we've got the man advantage with the yellow card and we've not actually made it pay on the scoreboard. Uh, and, and we did that. And, uh, you know, I'm not saying that they were connected for any particular reason, but, you know, ultimately Spencer is able to find Joseph with some space down that blindside flank. John O'Ross may have been there. He may not have been, but um, 10 points in those 10 minutes really changes the the outlook of the game and, and, and kind of puts us in the, in the driving seat. And again, I think it's another just change, whether it's mentally, whether it's um, we're trying more actively to seize his opportunities, whether it's just good game management from Ben Spencer, Reese Priestland, et cetera. But these little things turn you into winning teams. The, the ability to find points when you are, you have got that amount of advantage makes you win games. And, and you know, um, you, you really need that against the, the top teams. Um, and and we're, starting to, we're starting to show that. Into the second half then, Tom, with a 7-17 lead to Bath. Um, but kind of like the first half, Sale come out the much stronger of the two sides. McGinty, as you mentioned, really coming into the game, um, often with kind of little kicks over the top of Bath's on-rushing defence. And now I don't want to criticise Ben Spencer on this celebration podcast, but is that an area perhaps positionally um, where either he or someone else needs to pick up the slack? Because there was two or three occasions uh, during that game when, when they had real success just chipping over our defence and collecting the ball and having a line break. Yeah, I, th- I think it certainly looked like there was kind of more space than than there usually is, and I think um, maybe it's something that McGinty and Sale had identified. And I think you know when we look at that, when Neil Hatley kind of they do look, do look at the, the game in full, and, and when they get back in on on, on Thursday, um, I think that'll be an area that they that they look at. Um, very difficult to you know to, to pin blame on some or, or to say you know that, that they should have been there, but I think. You know, equally, you've got to say McGinty for sale mm. looks by far the the standout player. Um, and I and I think you know from 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 a sale perspective, you, you know they they did um, cock up a few opportunities um, during that game. So um, you know, a few as I say breaks from McGinty that arguably should have been scored. Um, thinking particularly then of the the, the Marlon Yard pass, um, which was which was just forward and and would have you know. Um, uh, you know, just inches from the from the line, which would have made it, um, you know, a, a slightly different game. Um, but again, as we've said so many times, you've you've got to take your opportunities. And um, when you get when you've got seventy percent territory and sixty three percent possession, um, as Sale did, 
um, you, you know, you, you should be making that that tell on the scoreboard. So we've been on the wrong side of that on, a, on enough occasions. So, um, yeah, no, no complaints there. Yeah, it's difficult to know exactly who to blame on without kind of seeing the wider picture and also knowing whose responsibility that is within the defensive structure. But something for Bath to watch out for, because it did look as though that mm. was a tactic which they'd come into the game uh kind of wanting to use and so it's obviously something then that they uh, had, had identified in the week that could be a weakness um, yeah so really coming into the game with both a try and a penalty the game's 15-17 um, with on the 56 minute mark and it really um, does feel as though Sale is starting to to get on top of, of, of Bath and and you know Tom or Ben Curry whichever one um, stayed on the field was really starting to have more of an influence on the game I think whilst Underhill certainly dominated the first half I think uh, that Curry really started to dominate the the second half and, and winning turnovers our discipline started to let us down slightly we probably weren't using the, the wind enough of our, to our advantage in the first 20 minutes of that second half and so we're really starting to, to play some of their best stuff um, luckily for Bath however we, we managed to, to weather that storm with a penalty of our own uh, to make it 15-20 um, and then a disrupted line out uh, ex-Bath man Rob Webber throwing to new Bath man Will Spencer uh, who, who made a great break and then uh, Rob Webber helping us out again, uh, kind of lying on the wrong side, then picking the ball up and throwing it back. Even with the new uh, laissez-faire regulations at the breakdown, you can't get away with that, Rob. Yeah, so yeah, I mean, four seasons at, at Bath, Rob Webber had. So he's um, maybe, uh, you know, um, feeling a bit nostalgic and, and wanting to, to help Bath push up into the up into the top four. Um, yeah, he'll be really disappointed with that. Obviously coming out of retirement, um, um, having retired to go and coach, I think Jersey Jersey Reds um, forwards, um, and, and to come back at late notice and to um, come on, concede your first line out, and then um, yeah, ultimately I think it was there was a build up of penalties that that led to it, but then to be um, sat in the sim bin for for ten minutes, um, yeah, he, he he's got to be got to be really pretty disappointed. I think look, looking at our side as well, there were. Um, again, some things that, that that we did that I think avoided us getting to a situation where sales early dominance in that second half was was kind of translated into points, and, and they got ahead on the on the scoreboard. Um, Cam Redpath um, coming on, I think um, yeah, he, he had a, he had a great game. Was, I think it was his foot. He just come on, and the clearance uh, there was a there was a, a, a dropout to, to him, caught it first touch and pounded it about 45 metres yeah. and back down for, for a sale line-out. Just great skill, great confidence and, and an incredible talent. Um, as we said, a little, little follow-up prediction um, the, for you. Um, uh, you know, spoken about potentially him being a, him being a wild card for England. Um, obviously, um, with his old man, potentially Scotland's uh, Scottish blood there as well. Um, so, uh, you know, if I was Eddie Jones, I'd be looking to, to try and get him in the squad, potentially try and get him capped, um, you know, while he's still 20 years old and, um, uh, and kind of young and, and talented. Um, and then, you know, we've locked, we've locked that talent in for, for England for, for the rest of his career. But anyway, I'm, 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 I'm digressing. Um, so that as well. And then just, I think our general exit game. So Preeson striking the ball really, really well, continuing to do so. But that man again, um, Ben Spencer, uh, with just a couple of just brilliant exits from from our own 22 from the box. Um, just huge clearances, booming clearances, landing right on the line, um, really making it difficult for that for that sale back three. 
Um, he's so, so good at just creating himself a bit of an angle, um, managing the pace of the game and getting himself into a position where he's comfortable to make the exit. Um, and then he always, as, as, as Josh was saying, always nails that, that box kick. So um, exit game G, um, in summary of my, my five-minute run, exit game, um, I think hugely important to, to try and um, sort of stem the flow of, of that sale, sale confidence early doors in the second half. Yeah, it was key kind of for our next try, Thomas. Sale continued to bound the door down um, with with the score only 15 points to 23. Sale inside our five-metre line. Um, Taulupe Falatau stripped the ball. Uh, Falatau, I think, had his best game in a Bath shirt in a long time. 17 tackles, no none missed from Falatau and, and mm. plenty of great work in the loose. I thought, I thought he really stood up. We called for him to stand up and I think he did. Um, he turned that ball over. Uh, Redpath carried and Spencer boomed it down the field, as you say, Tom. Um, just stayed in field. A fantastic chase from Gabe Hamer-Webb and Tom de Glanville really put uh, McGinty and, and Marlon Yard under a lot of pressure and a fantastic chase from Ben Spencer. who must have been absolutely blowing at this point to get in, in Yard's face and, and collect the intercept um, to, to, to kind of a 95-metre gain for Bath and our third try to make it 30 points to 15 and, and you know, effectively, as it turned out, seal the game. Spencer, marvellous, but a couple of other guys really uh, influential in that, in that passage as well. Yeah, I think kind of um, maybe a bit of a, a kind of microcosm for the, for the overall um, performance that we showed. I think a great team effort, huge effort from everyone, but um, ben Spencer, I think, just bringing the, the touches of, of magic to the game that ultimately proved the difference. You know, that was an absolute daylight rubber. We, we, we saw him try to do it earlier on in the, the game um, and, and he just knocked it on. He was clearly disappointed with that. We've seen him do it. We saw him do it four minutes into his Bath career, mm-hmm. stealing an opportunistic interception and, and showing his pace under the stick. So um, just, just fantastic skill. Um, skill, awareness, effort, fitness... Um, yeah, the, the 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 you know the superlatives are endless for for Ben Spencer. He had an absolutely fantastic game, G. Um, and as you say, I think that um, really stopped Sale in their tracks. Really, um, kind of sealed the game for us. Um, and, and I thought, you know, it might fizzle out um, to be kind of a, a you know a, a turgid um, twenty or so minutes as it was well, against Worcester. Well, did um, it steal the game, Tom? Because they Sale came again and scored another pushover try to make it twenty two thirty on seventy two mm. minutes. Um, visions of past heartbreaks yeah. before me, and we've spoken about your pessimism watching uh, Bath in 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 previous years. Was the, the pessimistic Tom out and about at this point? Mate, it's just it's it's just a different side to to those days. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm free of those anxieties now. Um, <laughs> at, least, at, at least for now. At least for now. I, I, you know, I think many Bath fans can empathise me with empathise with me when when I say or when I used to say at least that it was just kind of a matter of time until we threw it away. Um, happened so many times um, um, last season in particular. Um, but I, I just feel like we've we've got the personnel now, we've got the mentality, um, and, and we're learning how to win. So at, at no point actually, um, when I, when I was watching the game, was I um, was I was I particularly particularly concerned? You know, still still eight eight points clear. Um, and you know, I think when we've spoken in the past, G, you know, what do you do in that situation? Do you uh, just sit on it, play defensively, go into your shell, and try and bank the four points, or do you actually say, right, let's um, let's go for it and let's try and get it one? Um, in the past, I think uh, we, you know, we, we probably would have probably would have opted for the former, um, but um, not not in this instance, G. 
I don't believe you, unfortunately, but um, we'll have to watch another close bar game together and I can see firsthand whether uh, you've lost that um, (laughs) pessimistic outlook. But um, yeah, looking forward to that. And I think Sale began to up the tempo. I certainly was not thinking the game was secured. Um, Kind of the vision of Neil Diamond, uh, sorry, Steve Diamond, in his strange vision in his dreams, chomping at the bit to get on there, the pitch himself, kind of in those last 10 minutes. I think he thought Bath may be fragile. Um, and and they, they kind of went down the other end and a, a huge turnover from Cam Redpath on 75 minutes, um, which, which did secure the win. It, it, he made a turnover in our, in our own, um, in our 22, in our five metre line previously when he'd come on. And he actually kind of did too well and actually stripped the ball, went to pass it back and it was knocked on by uh, one of the bath boards. So it just ended up in a, in a sales scrum despite his great work over the ball. But on this occasion, uh, uh, the referee, Matt Carley, gave the penalty um, to... Uh, uh, Cam Redpath into Bath and um, kind of he looked really up for it uh, given his his I think potentially um, slightly salty ending at sale and I think he was yeah you've spoken about it Tom he was he was magnificent and that turnover another string uh, to his bow um, we went we kicked for the corner Yules collected the ball fantastically out of the air um, we mauled we won a penalty we mauled we won a penalty Spencer kicked it bounced our way um, and we were down the M6 with the full five points. Uh, fantastic yeah. kind of finish to the game. Just awesome. And I, you, you could you could really see, I think, what it meant to that that, that group of guys, like the um, the shouts and the cheers um, when JJ managed to collect that ball under the posts. Um, they knew how important that was. They knew that um, it would push us up into third and, and really give us a really good opportunity now um, of not only you know getting to the top four, which we've, we've got to back ourselves to do now, but that second, third, fourth is so close now and a couple of points separating, sorry, second to fifth, only a couple of points separating it, that, you know, we could feasibly, if results go our way and we can we can win these last two games, we could feasibly be looking at a, looking at a home semi-final. So um, absolutely massive. And, and I think to the confidence, the bravery um, that, that, that we showed there is um, a real hallmark of, of this new team um, and, and this, this new coaching staff and I think just this, this new mentality. Yeah, and they did it with a smile on their face. Uh, as Josh pointed out um, in, in the interview we've done with him, we, we just did with him. And, and yeah, it was absolutely fantastic. Four out of four away from home since lockdown. This undoubtedly uh, the most impressive win. Um, I've kind of mentioned Spencer, Yules, Falatel, Underhill as my uh, standouts in the game. Any any others that you want to point out, Tom, briefly? I want to I wanna, um, give a shout out to the to the line out in general as a, as an operation and and not as um, not just the players um, not just Charlie Yules who um, kind of um, leads on that front um, during the game not just um, Tom Dunn who's who's been um, throwing better darts than than Phil Taylor ever has um, of, of late but just in the whole operation I was reading an article an interview with with Luke Charteris um, I retweeted it from our from our from our Twitter account um, because I thought he was making some some really interesting points. Um, mainly around how the you know the, the, the new regulations, new interpretations of the law at the breakdown, um, yeah, have resulted in a lot more penalties. Um, and and the you know the, the one of the you know, main consequences of that is is more lineouts, more lineouts on on both sides of the field. Um, and he he was saying that you know the Bath lineout calls, the structure of their lineout hasn't really changed. Um, really since since he started the bath, but even before that, sort of seven, eight years ago, they're still using the same setup, the same calls. So they, they took 
the opportunity of a bit of a break to rip it all up, start again, um, and to kind of build it up from scratch. And um, you know, ultimately, it's, it seems to be seems to be paying dividends. It, it looks like a, a really slick operation. Um, nailed fourteen out of fifteen lineups in that in that game against Sale and snatched six of their sixteen. So um, you know, it, it's turning into a a really powerful slick weapon. We're we're ninety four percent success rate, which is which is top of the league. Um, this season, G, and when you combine that with um, what he was saying that Mark Lilly has been has been really working on, that's the driving mall. It becomes uh, an incredibly powerful weapon, um, and, and certainly something that I think our game's been been very much very much based on. So I think, um, yeah, mm. it's been based on that lineup, Tom, as you say, and that's that's really interesting the stuff you say about uh, Luke Charteris there. But I think it has been based on that, but I think it's been so refreshing that it's not been exclusively that. Cause I think we did worry. I think you in particular did, or I in particular did worry. I can't remember which round. I think we both worried that it would be the only uh, tactic and the only way we would be able to win games. But as we spoke mm. about at the start with, with Josh, the, the way the attacking, uh, the, the attack has really flourished since lockdown has been hugely uh, kind of refreshing to see. And, and we wouldn't be in this position without winning these games with bonus points. Bonus points have been key to our kind of success since lockdown. So, yeah, the lineup's been key, but I've been, I've been happy, I guess, to see that it's not been kind of the sole positive and sole way of, of winning these games. No, I've, Hooper said repeatedly that the the way that we're going to play the game is that we're going to have uh, you know set pieces our foundation. And we're going to make sure that that is a hundred percent on the money. We're going to make sure that we can um, win that battle, win the win the scrum battle, win the lineup battle, um, exit well, restart restart well as well, um, and and just win those collisions. That's the foundation of of our game, and and I don't think that's going to change. But yeah, I completely agree. It's been pleasing to see how we've been able to adapt to the situation so score points and we've needed to take our opportunities as well um, and as, as as Josh was saying it, it just seems that with time and, and you forget that a lot of these guys have barely played together they haven't trained together for any period of time but because of because of lockdown and it does seem like it is um, it is it is starting to to click um, I think as as, as we hoped um, but it's, it's yes yeah, it's, it's great to see it um, it, it translate into tries after after such a such a drought of, of bonus points in um, in seasons gone by. Raining bonus points, Tom. It's raining bonus points. Um, right. That, I think that, yeah, any, anything else, Tom? Two more, two more quick shout-outs that I've got noted yeah. down. So, um, and, and that this is more just because we, we've spoken about what a, what a difficult schedule is. It's game after game. It's so physically demanding. Um, you know, Josh was saying that turning around Wednesday to Sunday, uh, particularly when you've got to go up up north, is, is hugely physically demanding. So two guys on that basis, Reese Priestland, um, who's played the most minutes in the squad since the restart, perhaps unsurprisingly, with over 1,300 minutes in total. Um, and yet he continues to, to perform uh, incredibly well, um, kicking, um, sorry, 1,300 since the start of the season. Um, <laughs> kicking, 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 kicking was absolutely faultless. Nailed seven from seven um, from some really tough angles as well. Um, we know that basically, as I said last week, anywhere in the opposition half, um, he 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 can he can essentially nail it from so um, incredible from him and and uh, you know I think he needs to keep the the yellow hair it's clearly clearly working for him um, and the second guy Tom Ellis mm. um, Josh Bayliss picked up a, a really nasty knock from from Toby Falatov's head which I imagine is quite hard um, took that straight to the face and went off for the rest of the game I think that was on about fifteen minutes Tom Ellis coming on 
um, to play blindside flanker in an incredibly physical game, having put in the full 80 minute performance um, the Wednesday previous. So um, he he must be um, he must be suffering, I think, um, and, and, and glad to have um, you know a week and a half's recovery. So um, yeah, they're the only two guys I was I was going to mention um, on that basis. Yeah, week and a half recovery, Tom, until Gloucester on Tuesday, the 22nd of September. I think we'll have a podcast um, before that, previewing that game. Uh, so do check that out. Hit subscribe, as always. Um, and I think the only thing we've got to watch out for, Tom, this weekend is the, the the European Champions Cup. Now, we've got to play our last game against Saracens on the 4th of October. Now, what suits us best? What should Bath fans be cheering on? Do we want Saracens to, to beat Leinster and then have a semi-final on the 26th, the, the weekend before um, the, our game, and then potentially a final on the 17th of October, two weekends after our game? Or do we want Saracens to lose and effectively put their season to bed, hoping that uh, they just put all their, their star players out um, uh, to, 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 for a break before uh, in England in, in November. What do we What do we want out of the the, the, the Leinster Saracens game? I can't really quite work um, it out. Yeah, it's difficult. I think from a from a purely you know Bath perspective, um, you know I think they're less likely to come all guns blazing if they've you know got a um, got a player semi final. Um, what would it be? Only only a, a few days before. Um, so yeah, I, I think potentially that you, uh, you know, we played them earlier on in the season, and that was the point when they brought all their their big guns back um, from international duty, you know, following the World Cup, um, and that was always going to be a very difficult game. So um, you know, I wouldn't put it past Saracens to you know they're, they're not giving up games for anyone. So if they're not playing rugby around those weekends, I imagine we we might see um, you know might see some of their big guns play. So um, yeah. I think ultimately, from from a rugby, from an English rugby perspective as well, would like to see them see them beat Leinster. Um, but yeah, potentially also that means that that we get a slightly easier run um, mm. if if they are they are occupied with other things. G. And I think the other point to make is that Wasp will be playing Exeter in that round as well, um, who potentially will will have the same issue. So um, I'd be putting out a a weaker team. So um, yeah. yeah. Want to watch this weekend, and I think maybe as a thank you to Saracens for letting us have Ben Spencer, we can support them this weekend. Um, Tom, thank you very much for joining me. I think there's been some pretty thin days doing this podcast over the past uh, two seasons. Um, and I think today's probably just about as thick as it's got, not only with the incredible victory uh, away at sale, but also with that fantastic, unbelievable interview with Josh Matavesi. Um, thank you so much for, for joining me. Thank you for sticking with me throughout the, the, the thin days. And thank you to the listeners as well um, for sticking behind the boys through all that thin. Um, yeah, this is about as thick as it's been in, in a few years, I think. Um, so long may it continue. Yeah, long may it continue. And I think enjoy it, boys, because uh, and girls, who everyone that's listening, because... You know, there will be down points again following the, the Bath Rugby roller coaster. Um, but if you can't enjoy weekends like that, if you can't enjoy interviews like that with, with um, Josh Matavesi, then, then, you know, this is why we love Bath and this is why we love the sport. So enjoy it. Um, stick behind the boys uh, through thick and thin. Um, subscribe and share it around with your friends. Thank you so much for listening and thank you for joining me, Tom. And particularly, huge thanks to Josh uh, for that incredible interview.